Hello and welcome to the podcast. Support us by subscribing and sharing. Joining me as always, my co-host, the very, very... Oh, I was going to do a fucking... I'm so sorry. No, do it. Be I was going to lead on from last week where we did like the spooky Craig. You know, it's a bit of a throwback from when we used to like try and throw in some sort of quiff at the front and then we just Yeah, when we tried to be funny. We tried to be funny. Yeah. All right. Well, you're just Craig this week. Fuck you. That's fine. Uh, It's just Craig. I'm I'm Adam, by the way. And uh, you're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Bum, bum, there is bum, a chance bum. that these failed intros are the funniest part of our podcast. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Cinema. Uh, the Mummy, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, the PG thirteen action epic. Yeah, epic. Swashbuckling adventure. Uh, it's not really an epic. Yeah, is it a bit of horror in there? It is horror. So, the, just quickly, the reason I would say it's not an epic is because it's absolute nonsense, this movie. Those your <laughs> epics are things like Ben-Hur, Will, uh, William Wallace, Braveheart, and Gladiator. This is mm, okay. not that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, what do you know of The Mummy? Oh, so many things. So, uh, first off... First DVD I ever purchased myself. Oh, uh, yeah, good shout. Yeah, and I've actually got it right here. To, that's what I went to get before we started recording. Like, oh, the thing. Oh, well, so is... you can show it off for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. show it off to you, my friend. <laughs> this is a Mummy slash Mummy Returns double feature. That super sexy. Fucking cool, actually. Triple sleeve situation wow. signed by Stephen Summers, the director. Oh, is it signed? Shit. There okay. You go. Oh, right. Okay, no wonder you wanted to fucking do this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is part of our listeners' request. So we thought we would do a season to thank all the fans that have been a part of our podcast. Uh, this comes from a request from Laura Riley. So thank you very much, Laura. Uh, Thanks, Laura. I think, yeah, we were definitely up for doing The Mummy. Um, if you've uh, never watched the mummy before it's about an archaeological dig in ancient city of i'm gonna fuck all these Hamanatra. Hamanatra. yeah, yeah. If, if you didn't think i couldn't pronounce names before well get a load <laughs> of this um an american serving in the french foreign legion accidentally awakens a mummy who begins to wreak havoc as he searches for his reincarnation of his long lost love nice, nice yeah. uh it, and this movie has everything it has a bit is of it everything an, it, it is an it, it's not an epic. It's an action adventure, swashbuckling horror, romance mm. comedy. It's kind of like the nineteen ninety nine Indiana Jones slash yeah. Romancing the Stone. Definitely, it's definitely got some indie vibes on it. Yeah. Um, but before we delve into the movie, Craig, how does one make a mummy? Uh, so first things first. I imagine you'd cover the body in honey because that's one of the foods that never kind of goes off mm. then you'd wrap them in the wool first you'd cut off the tongue scoop out the brains and eyes and then put them in a sarcophagus of sorts buried under the sand yeah you hit a few of them there um so yeah. it, it's been debated before uh, whether they insert a hook through the nose um it's actually uh, been proven by historians that it's a very hot poker that they shove up the head to like melt the brain and then they, nice. they pour it out through the sort of gravity and, with... and and I imagine for a bit of like force. Mm, yeah, that's the same. But you kind of think to yourself, isn't it? Like, because I always used to think that when they're like, oh, then they put hooks in and pull the brain out. And it's like, how? Like, oh, fuck, you do that? Yeah. Um, but they just, they just. It's one of those things I've never thought past. Okay, 
It's like, okay, that happens. Yeah, 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 it's okay. I'll, I'll assume that that's the case. And with that, they make a cut on the left side of the body near the tummy to remove all the internal organs. Then the tummy of the mummy. The tummy of the mummy. The and the mummy. they let the internal organs dry out. Uh, then they place the lungs, intestines, stomach, and the liver inside a canopic jars. So that's a little uh, remember that. Uh, they then place the heart back inside the body, rinse inside of the body with wine and spices, cover the corpse with salt for 70 days. Are they about days. to turn this into fucking human haggis? Uh, pretty much. And uh, with this, they, after 40 days, they stuff the body with linen and sand to give it more of a human shape. After 70 days, they then wrap the body from head to toe in bandages. And finally, they place it in a sarcophagus. Nice. So apparently that's the like ultimate way of doing a mummy. So that would be for like pharaohs and shit. Apparently there was like a middle class version as well. That's like the premium life insurance plan mummification, right? There we go. So ironically, Imhotep, the guy who is the like the titular monster, which is this mm. movie's named after, is not mummified at all. So for us, right. not a mummy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so all hokum. I might as well get rid of this DVD. Yeah. Um, I, for, I forget what the name of the curse is. It's like Humdai or something like that. The hum, oh, yeah, the, uh, the curse of the Humdai. Yeah. The hum, yeah, I just it. assumed that meant mummy. No, it's, it's very different. Apparently the Humdai, as I've done my minimal research before this episode, uh, was a real thing, and apparently it wasn't used very, very often. It was only reserved for the most heinous of crimes, what those crimes were. Well, was. as we know from the movie... Yeah. Sleeping with the pharaoh's wife. Yeah, that I can was imagine. Was he a pharaoh? Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, he was. It's definitely, it was definitely his wife, Anaxenamun. Yeah. I can imagine in ancient ancient Egypt, if you like bummed a cat or something like that, I imagine that would probably get you a hum died. Well, to be, <laughs> you picked cats because they were deified in Egypt. Yes, right? yeah, cool. Just checking. Yeah, not, yeah, not just not just fancies come to life for Adam. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I am not a fairy. So, uh, with that, should we roll trailer? We should, and I just want to clear it out because I heard fairy, and you definitely said furry. I needed to make that one clear. Um, let's roll trailer. Where did you get this? On a dig down in Thebes. <gasps> Jonathan, I think you found something. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. We call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. They came to uncover its secrets. Mummies, my good son. This is where they made the mummies. <clears throat> they sought to unlock its treasure. And then there was light. Oh, boy. What they did... Oh, my God. It does exist. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. ...was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book! What the hell was that? You have unleashed the creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. Whoa! He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. This one? What the occasion calls for it? Trust me, it calls for it! Ah! You 
Universal Pictures invites you. His powers are growing. Run! This just keeps getting better and better. To experience the adventure. It appears he's already chosen his human sacrifice. That will live forever. If he turns me into a mummy, you're the first one I'm coming after. Go! So, uh, director Stephen Stummers, uh, where do you know him from? So, he's done The Mummy 2. He has done The Mummy 2. And he's done another movie, which, I th- it's is it The Abyss? or You're thinking of Sphere? Dead Rising. Dead, right. Dead Rising, yeah. cool. Is that it? Um, he's also done Van Helsing, the 2004 with wow. Hugh Jackman. okay, yeah. Kind of on that similar line, you know what I mean? That kind mm. of action-adventure. Uh, he also did the 1994 live action Jungle Book with Jason Scott Lee. Okay. As we yeah, know, he's the Chinese Dean Kane. Uh, Kevin Jar, so that's probably a name you might have heard of. Have you. Uh, not really. Oh, fair no. enough. Uh, he did Glory, uh, Tombstone. Oh, the Matthew Broderick Denzel movie. Yes. That's a great. A, yeah, yeah, that's a great, great fucking movie. movie. Uh, he also did Rambo Part 2. Which is quite Amazing. confusing because it's Rambo First Blood Part it's 2. It's Rambo First Blood. Yeah, so it's First Blood, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yeah, and then just then Rambo, just Rambo 3. 3. And obviously that movie, Rambo 3, was dedicated to the Freedom Fighters or the Mujahideen. Yeah. 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 Asian like um, How many <laughs> Was it John Rambo and then John Rambo or Rambo? Which was it? John Rambo, then Rambo, like Last uh, Blood. Yeah, I can't. No, do you know what? I think I've, I think it might be called Last. I Blood. didn't even fucking bother with that Last Rambo movie. Like no, that I was... watched John Rambo and mm. it was awful. Is that the one where he goes to like Vietnam and like when he's <sighs> obviously older and he there's the boat and then the famous kind of he gets on the machine gun and just starts gunning everyone. That's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty sick. I do like that scene. That's the only bit I remember from that film. Yeah. Apart from, doesn't he have a secret son at the end? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, well, no, maybe. Oh, he reunites I... with his dad? Uh, oh, he does go home. He goes home. Yeah, yeah he, he finally goes, gets home. He goes After home. Rambo, First Blood, part one. He goes... No. Because that's his whole thing in Rambo is... Uh, that's the whole thing in First Blood. He's just walking through town to get home. Brian Dennehy's like, mm, no, no. <laughs> Brian Dennehy. <laughs> I'm Brian Dennehy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, back to uh, back to the mummy. Back to the mummy. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, where do we know that yeah. name? From all of the episodes of our podcast. Which ones, Craig? Stargate. No. No, was that Silvestri? Uh, do you know what? I can't remember, but I know it wasn't Jerry <laughs> Goldsmith. <laughs> Daylight. Mm, maybe. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Judge Dredd. Mm, no, that was, was that Alan Silvestri. God damn it! All right, I don't know who Jerry Goldsmith is. Uh, well, he did Hollow Man. Hollow uh, Man, and he did also did Air Force One. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he also did Alien as well. That little known film. Never heard of it, man. Never heard of Alien. Uh, but I tell you, someone that you would have heard of uh, is Brendan Fraser, Mister Furry Vengeance himself. 
Yeah, so he plays Rick O'Connell. Uh, Brendan Fraser was cast due to success of George of the Jungle for 1997. Fantastic, yeah, exactly. great movie. Uh, so Stephen Summers also commented that he felt that Fraser fit the sort of Errol Flynn swashbuckling character he envisioned perfectly. The actor understood that his character doesn't take himself too seriously, otherwise the audience can't go on that journey with him. For anyone who complains that Adam gets names wrong uh, and every so often they're like hard names and oh my god, that he shouldn't be getting hard names wrong. He just got Errol wrong. How, how did I get Errol Flynn wrong? I called him Errol. Did Errol I, Flynn. Yeah, that's just my vernacular. You know, my, uh, <laughs> you know, my, uh, my hard and southern I'm accent. just saying, I just want to yeah, iterate Errol. that it's, yeah, not, yeah, it's not prejudicial, it's just stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, Brendan Fraser, uh, what the fuck happened to him? He got divorced, didn't he? <laughs> I feel like I read something, and this may be made up, obviously, mm. but I feel like he suffered a really bad back injury at some uh, point, and yeah. so couldn't act for a long old time. I think you are right, actually. I, I That's actually really ringing a bell. I think he got a mad, mad back injury. I definitely know that he got fucked over by... Uh, the divorce and he had to pay so much in alimony to his wife and just basically didn't bunk uh, bankrupt him but it just like fucked him over as a human being you know you, mm. you see pictures of him and this is where you get the whole um <sighs> He, did, he reversed Chris Pratted. <laughs> he very much reversed Chris Pratted. And then you had the whole Save Brendan movement. I don't know if you ever were a part of that. No. Oh, fair no. enough. Uh, get, just fans of uh, Brendan Fraser's work, uh, really sort of holding a torch to him and creating subreddits and really promoting his work. He, that's because Brendan Fraser is, like I called him Mr. Furry Jensen, just as a joke. Mm. Uh, school Ties. Yep. If you've ever seen that, like, wow. Blast from the Past, the movie's not good, Blast but he's good past. in it. Great show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's good in Crash. He's good in Bedazzled, for fuck's sake. Like He had that sort of, like, I wouldn't say classic good looks, but he no. had. He was a sexy man. Yeah. He was very sexy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Especially in Georgia the Jungle. But, yeah, he's very much well-to-do, and he looks, he looks handy, and he looks like he has that half-between being, like, uh, a sexy leading role but like that has that sort of ruggedness to him that kind of indiana jones feeling if if harrison ford fucked ashton kutcher great shout brendan fraser is the product now who do you think might have been the lead role on this movie uh before brendan fraser harrison ford uh, you would be wrong. Uh, it okay, was... wait, 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 wait. I want to give serious guesses now. Oh, okay. So it's 1999. Mm-hmm. Based, oh, maybe that was 2001, but Matthew McConaughey. That's not a bad shout. You're probably thinking, you know, so, uh, Tahara. Tahara. I was like, maybe that was 2001, maybe a bit later. I can't remember. 90, Keanu Reeves. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, yeah, Okay. So, but the Fucking thing is, obviously. he really wanted to do this movie, but he had to turn it down uh, due to his commitment to beaches or the beach. The beach, the yeah, beach. Not beaches. He, he... <laughs> That's a completely different movie. <laughs> the beach. The idea <laughs> that he plays alongside was it Bette Midler? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he just is slowly dying throughout beaches. <laughs> yeah, uh, my bad. Recast it, do the whole, um, what was it, Kevin Spacey, Christopher mm. Plummer thing, get yeah. DiCaprio in beaches. Right, um, the beach. No, he was in the beach, the beach, instead so, of Ewan McGregor. 
he he really wanted to do it so much that he tried to convince the beach uh production team to uh put it on standby or like whole production and they said no go fuck yourself you sign a contract yeah funnily enough the beach got delayed so <laughs> he could have actually done the movie ah that's yeah. a shame well, you say that, but I think uh, it was the right call because I think Brendan I, Fraser I, I, gets this. It's the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, mm. uh, where Leonardo DiCaprio has never done a comedy. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's like he's done. It's almost like black comedy, isn't it? It's like really dark satire humor, like like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or Catch Me, uh, Catch Me If You Can, are the only two. Yeah, he's not broad comedy. No. Definitely not. No, it would be interesting to see where we had the chops for it. Yeah, I mean, I would think is I would also delay being in the beach if it meant I got to act alongside Rachel Vice. Like yeah. she's talented, she's funny, she's intelligent, she's mm. a she's the perfect Bond girl. Yeah, yeah, good shouts. Yeah. Um, so Rachel Wise was the, actually the only actress offered this part. Of course. Of course. It yeah. The only other person you'd offer it, offer it to would be Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> So, uh, where do you know Rachel Wise elsewhere? Um, she's in The Constant Gardener. Mm -hmm. uh, she's in the Runaway Jury with my boy John oh, Cusack. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's been around. And, and of course, um, goodness me, The Queen. Yeah, no, yeah, good was show. It, was it called The Queen? Not The Queen. Uh... The Yorgos Lanthimos movie uh, with Rachel Weisz and Olivia Coleman and... Emma Stone and I cannot remember the perfect name the, the not the other Berlin girl fuck it will come to you it'll anyway to that you. movie that exact movie She's that great. exact movie uh, John Hanna also stars in this movie uh, he plays uh, Evelyn's brother where we would do you know John Hanna from Sliding Doors was he in Sliding Doors I'm 99% sure he was yeah, fair enough. I, I don't remember him much. I only remember him from uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four plays, Weddings, yeah. Yeah, he plays um, Matthew. Touch of Cloth. Touch of Cloth, yeah. That's maybe. the Charlie Brooker uh, TV show, kind yeah. of a piss take of cop dramas. Yeah, good show. And yeah, he's just a, he was in a movie called The James Gang that I once bought on VHS and regretted it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's he's very much a TV man. You know what I mean? It's like he yeah. had a, a short stint in Hollywood movie and it's like, cool. Now go back to British TV. Isn't he sitting pretty in Rome or mm. some swords and sandals TV drama where there's just a lot of sex going on? Yeah, probably. We could just just name shows and just go. Yeah, he's yeah. in that. Yeah, fuck it. Was he in Beaches? <laughs> he was in Beaches. Uh, where do we know Arnold Vosloo from? Arnold Vosloo for me is always going to be. Oh, it's not Billy Zane. Yes, he is fucking poor man Billy Zane. <laughs> I have that literally written on my notes. I, 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 I'm I, so glad I we were on that. it was Billy Zane. Same wavelength there. Yes, he is poor man's Billy Zane. Uh, he plays Imhotep, the uh, mummy in air quotes. Yeah. Uh, do you ever see Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yes, thank you. I knew I'd seen him in something. He's yeah. great in Hard Target. Yeah, so he's like Lance Hendricks in, and uh, what's the other guy? Um from the running man uh, um, Sven Sven Oslo uh, Sven, Sven Oleg Thorson that's the one yeah him and then a lot The there. Favourite sorry the movie with Olivia Coleman. it's called The Favourite I didn't google it it's just come to me oh good lad good lad it, it came there otherwise you would just wait until like that 2 in the morning that would have been podcast over that would have been uh, 
Kevin J. O'Connor yes. plays Bendy. Yep. What name? Benny. His name is Benny. <laughs> Benny. Oh, yeah, sorry. Benny. <laughs> ben- he can be Bendy. He looks pretty yeah, flexible. he looks very, uh, very flexible, does Kevin very, J. Yeah. Um, uh, he's one of those guys where every so often I'm just like, oh, it's Kevin J. O'Connor. He's in mm. that movie, the other one that Stephen Summers did, which is like a deep, was it deep, not deep rising. Dead rising. Dead Rising. Yeah, cool. he seems to be a bit of a uh, Stephen Sommer's favourite. He was in Dead Rising and Val, uh, Van Helsing as well. Yeah, doesn't he play Igor? Yeah, uh, good shout. Yeah, he's, he's got like a bit of a weird face, hasn't he? He's got like a, he's got a fucking it's, massive it's, head. It's um, unique and identifiable, yeah. Yeah, he's a little bit of like a, a shit Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so Kevin J. O'Connor just needs to join the firefo- uh, firefighters and yeah, he, he needed to be there on 11 of course. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Hyde, uh, I know he's favourite of yours. Uh, he plays Dr. Alan Chamberlain, uh, probably best we know him from Anaconda. Anaconda, absolutely. He's almost pretty much almost like a similar character in in both movies, doesn't he? And Jumanji. Yes, he plays Van Pelt or ha- slash uh, Sam Parrish. Uh, Quick question for you: How many times, like you watched Jumanji as a kid, right? Mm. How many times or how old were you when you realised that Van Pelt and the dad were the same actor? I didn't. I didn't re- realise that for ages. Uh, because obviously the dad's not really in the movie that much. You don't really pay that much attention to him. But obviously when Van Pelt shows up, you're like, oh, fucking And he's cool. got this big, thick moustache in his head. Yeah. Late teens, early 20s, where I was just like, holy fuck. I think someone must have told me. And I was like, you know when yeah. I was like, someone tells you a fact like that and you're just like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah okay. um, he's also uh, not Cogsworth. He's the butler in Richie Rich. He is. Uh, he is also on another uh, known movie, uh, Titanic, where he played Bruce Ismay. Oh God, yeah, he's one of the worst in that. Uh, Bruce Ismay, uh, was he? He's he's the guy that gets on the lifeboats before women and children. Ah, yes, he was. I, I think they got sued for that. I don't know if that was true. Um, oh really? Because he was the managing director of the White Star Line, so I remember that. Yes. Um, so I'm not even too, there was a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, artistic oh, yeah very license. much artistic license thank you very much Craig uh, we've got Ode Feher fuck you Ode Feher yeah we'll just cut around names, that one mate. these fucking names uh, he plays Adrif Bay Ardeth Bay is there his character. Cheers, Greg. I should just, uh, this is why I send you the script beforehand. Or I want to send you the script. You, you, take yeah, you have them for a while. I've really appreciated well, it. You know I've never once opened it. But this it. is it. Because I used to send them to you. And then you'd be like, I'm never going to read it. And I and then yeah. it's like a girl you keep calling. And she keeps rejecting you on dates. You just stop calling after a while. Yeah, man. Stop calling after two. <laughs> One uh, mistake. Two. That's it. Yeah, so he's been in shit like Resident Evil sequels. He played Carlos Oliveira or something like that. He's also uh, the guy that does upside down sit ups in Juice Bigelow, American Gigolo. Yes, he is. Great shout. Yeah, with the the super rare fish. I want. I never finished that movie. Neither did I. I it, no. That's on the list. That's on the sort of par of what is it like Big Stan or something like that. Yeah, what's the way goes to prison? Uh, the little man, where I'm just like, I'm done. No, thank yeah, you. fuck that. Um, uh, quick question for you, and just because it came up in conversation with someone the other day, uh, were you ever a fan of Freddy Got Fingered? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Yes. Okay. What do you Again, ask? Again, turned that one off. It just sprung to mind because like that's 
one of the only movies where I'm just like, no, I'm not even going to give it a second chance. I Fuck think it, it, it's a shit film, but you know it's shit, so you're all right with it. It doesn't do anything other than if you if you kind of a bit of a Tom Green fan, which I kind of was at that time. It was very much that sort of MTV rocks kind of era. No, I was into the Viva La Bam thing. Mm, yeah, that's bit... which I, I I'm not saying is much better, but it yeah, is I was I I never actually like liked Bam Majera that much because I thought he was a bit of a fucking tryhard. Now look at him. Yeah, he, uh, who he, else is in this? Uh, Eric Avari. Again, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just shrugging my literally. If you could see me now, like I'd, every name I'm reading, I'm just throwing my hands up, shrug shoulders. Fuck it. It's um, Weezy the Juice. The what, what? Is he the Weezy the Juice guy? The Weezy the Juice guy. Yeah. The what? The, the fucking what? The Weezy. The Weezy. We. Fucking Paulie Shaw gonna Weezy the Juice, buddy. No, you don't Weezy the Juice. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen any real Paulie Shaw movies. I made this reference to you like two months ago and you laughed and said it was good. Fuck you. Yeah, I, I've, I think I I've seen Biodome. I knew you didn't Biodome, know all the films like, that I talk about. I've seen Biodome like once. Right. And that was uh, like, cool. The Weasley the Juice guy, he's also in Stargate. He was in Stargate, yes. Yeah, it's the Weasley the Juice guy. Okay, cool. Uh, he plays uh, Cassif in Stargate. Listen back to that episode and listen to you acknowledge and go how funny. I Weezy think I was probably just laughing is. to get through it. I was like, oh, 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 oh. yes, good one, Craig. Moving on very quickly. <laughs> uh, he also played Tibble in Planet of the Apes. There Which one? The um, the monkey. Two thousand and three. Tim Burton <laughs> he, one. He was the monkey. Yes, he was uh, the monkey. <laughs> he was the monkey. Um, he was in the Tim Burton one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's Saw cool. it once. Uh, and last but not least, Omid Dijal? Dijali? Omid Jalili. Yeah, fuck. You know what I mean? Jesus. Uh, he probably known as a slave trader in Gladiator, but obviously yep. as well in British comedy. Yeah, he's uh, always live at the Apollo, and mm. he's got like a one-liner in Notting Hill, and yeah, he's great. Omid Jalili's great. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times. I'm just going to say it once. Star, we... Mirror. We do this joke every fucking time. And that it's... is a joke we've done nearly f- for nearly a year. We're on episode, yeah. I think, 50 right now. I think we've got there. two more weeks of that joke before we need to retire. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, he is from the Chicago Bulls <laughs> Sun Daily Mail. Yeah, written Mail. by disgraced sellout journalist Mike Sheen. Uh, gave the film a positive review, writing, There is hardly a thing that I can say in its favour except that I was cheered by nearly every minute of it. I cannot argue for the script, the direction, the acting, or even the mummy, but I can say that I was not bored and sometimes I was unreasonably pleased. Now, Roger, fucking, like, pick a side. You know what, Big Rog? (laughs) I agree. Two thumbs up on that review, my friend. It's one of these weird things where sometimes you read Roger's reviews and you're like... It's so like backhanded in the comp- compliment. Mm. It's like your movie is shit, but I quite enjoyed it. And... This is—it's the same thing I have. I, you know me; I watch a lot of movies, and sometimes—and it's the whole kind of thesis behind this podcast. It's a mm. guilty pleasure. Are we yes. going into this expecting five star cuisine? No, no. We're going in expecting just a bit of goodness out of a food truck. And my yeah, God, we're, we're getting Heinz spaghetti out of a tin. Yes. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, no, that sir is Freddie Got Fingered. <laughs> uh, it had a budget of 80 million. 
what do you think it made back at the box office? Well, I know that the day or maybe the day after it got released, they mm. instantly commissioned The Mummy Returns, which interestingly I have on DVD. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to say $230 million. Uh, you could probably double that because Fuck. it made back $416 million. Wow. Nice. That's well done. Now, there was loads of shit about the production as well, and lots of people getting injured, airlifted out. Uh, probably the most notable injury was Brendan Fraser being choked to death uh, on set in the hanging scene in the prison. Okay, yeah. Uh, so apparently had to be resuscitated. Right. That's how, that's how bad it was. And uh, he never acted again. Except for the sweet calls. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the production also had the official support of the Moroccan army and the cast members had kidnapping insurance taken out on them, a fact that Stephen Summers disclosed only to the cast after shooting had finished. Nice. <laughs> as much as people got injured though, and yeah, yeah. you can say, oh, but it's all down to money. As much as people got injured and Brendan Fraser needed to be resuscitated, mm. everyone signed on for The Mummy Returns. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things I can imagine when you play, you make a movie like that and... It just seems like such a cool, fun movie anyway. I can imagine it would be quite fun to film. But saying that, you're filming in a fucking desert, lots of dehydration, lots of people getting bitten by animals and insects and then having to get airlifted out of offset. That, that's but you still sign on for The Mummy Returns. Like... Well, you know that Brendan's signing on. You don't know fucking the DP or the fucking best boy or the fucking grip. <laughs> He's just had a fucking rattlesnake fucking bite through his car. I don't care about them. On. They're not on the poster. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this this movie's great. It's genuinely, it's a little bit shit. There's, on, there's a level of phenomenal. countness I remember about this movie, which always makes it slightly endearing rather than a like a hard, you know, down the line adventure movie doesn't take itself too seriously no it is kind of that fine line between romancing this romancing romancing the stone romancing romancing the stone and indiana jones it's because for me romancing the stone was just a little bit too silly Mm, that's fair and same to be said of like for me temple of doom temple of doom is just too silly yeah yeah that's true falls right into that gap the whole kalimar yeah. <laughs> the, um, the kind of roller coaster ride that they squeeze into the middle of that movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. the character, Indy! Oh, little, what's Freaking... his fucking face? Oh, no, not short not short round or short stop. Um, <laughs> it's short round, right? I'm feeling short round. Yeah, short stop's yeah. the position in baseball. Um, <laughs> the kid from the Goonies mm-hmm. is fine ish. Ish. But the female character that they take along for the ride, who's like, monkey brains. Yeah, who's not the fucking OG one. <sighs> She's not Marion Ravenwood. Uh, that's the one. Anyway, should we uh, watch this <laughs> piece of shit? Yeah, I think we've talked more about other movies. Let's do this. All right, three, two, one. It is movie talk. Back in the room. Uh, first impressions? Love it. 10 out of 10. 5 out of yeah, 5. Fucking done. See you next week. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think this was a lot better than I actually remember. Um, mm. I, I, I think you, you said 
during the movie that it was the CGI actually held up reasonably well. Yeah, there's a couple of times where you're just like, oh no, like yeah, this is like Roblox graphics. It's only the wide shots as well, like. You know yeah. the Muppet Christmas Carol when Kermit's walking down the street and you see his legs for the first time and you're going, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Mind this, blown. Yeah, this wasn't as good as that. No, I, I felt the first scene where they do the uh, sweeping establishing shot of Egypt, mm. I was a bit like, oh, really? I was a bit yeah. like, uh, yeah. Which, but then yeah. some of the other things were pretty decent. Um, I felt a lot of the actual special effects where you probably wouldn't even have to do, when I say not that much, like the whole desert storm shit that looked fucking cool. Mm. Uh, some of the special effects. The mummy itself, yeah, a bit, bit hit and miss. But again, like I said, only in the wide shots, up close and personal. When it's like just shoulders and head, yeah, it looked pretty decent. Yeah, it, yeah, it's almost as if they had the technology to like get really up close to something and make it perfect. But when it's far away, they yeah. couldn't click enhance. Yeah, that's fair. It's like uh, that Family Guy joke. Is it Family Guy or is like the six million dollar man, or is it The Simpsons? I want to say it's The Simpsons. Simpsons probably did it first. Yeah, and they're like uh, the six million dollar man. We can rebuild him, but I don't want to spend that much money anyway. So it's Thebes, Egypt, uh, twelve ninety BC. So that's before Christ. Uh, High priest Imhotep has an affair with, here it goes, Anaximenes. Oh, you fucking stole it! From, I'm just, you know what? I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding the editing. Anaximenes. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, the mistress of Ferrisetti, uh, Imhotep and Anaximenes. I, I, I feel like I have to say it like. Moon. Anaximenes. Anaximenes. Like cinnamon. No, right, I see you. You're fucking. Hands in your face. Yeah. Anak, sun and moon. Anak, sun moon. I'm just going to say sn- snack calabar. Great. Yeah, there you go. So Brilliant. Snack calabar. Uh, they kill the pharaoh. What a bunch of cunts. Uh, after he discovers their relationship. So, yeah, they've been having a bit of a smooch. And then yeah, he so rubbed he... her shoulders. And then he... rubbed he does... her fucking shoulder mascara. What the fuck it is. He does rub the shoulder thing. And I always find this very annoying because it's like medium shot he puts the hand on the shoulder and it rubs and it's like, Fuck it, close up close up get to the close up of the shoulder rubbing because it's going to come back in like five seconds and you're yeah. definitely going to forget it otherwise it it was very there were a couple of moments that was just like hey lowest common denominator look at this yeah look at look at me uh one of the things i found a bit weird about it is like you fucking know that shit and he kind of like when you see he's sucking off her face in the first round he's like kissing her with his hands away and then he obviously just can't resist and then decides to fucking give her like a full-on shoulder rub. It's like, yeah, man. he does that. passion got too real. Maybe. So, yeah, so he rubs the shoulder and then she kills herself. Uh, yes, she does. She does uh, the old uh, seppuku. Uh, yes. She's dishonoured her family. And Which, it would... oh, gone. just quickly, there's a few instances in this movie of people sacrificing themselves totally unnecessarily. Yeah, Imhotep's priests could have taken on the pharaoh's guards and allowed the two lovebirds to flee. What, but the instead, she's like golden boys. Yeah, <laughs> you see down a fucking like Covent Garden, fucking standing still, <laughs> standing still, standing on a uh, walking stick, and it's like, <laughs> floating in the air. Like, oh, how did they do it? Possibly. Uh, so Imhotep does leg it uh, with uh, Snack Alabar, uh, kills herself, uh, believing that Imhotep can <laughs> resurrect her. Can't. I can't have it constantly be snack out of bar. <laughs> I, can't, I 
I'm not going to let that happen. All right, so, um, so because, either what, can I'm I just say anything Anuk? in a bleep noise. Anuk. Anuk Sunamu. Anuk, Anuk. What's that big white thing Shinuk. in the sky? Uh, what? The big white thing in the sky at night. What's that called? The moon. Okay, Anak Suna, <laughs> what was it? The moon. Moon. Yeah, oh, Anak Suna Moon. Not, not the moon. moon. No, it's Anak Suna Moon. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, Anak. Anak. There we go. Anak, believing that Inatek can resurrect herself. Fucking, you just really just toyed off my fucking patter here. Right, fuck it, I'm just going to skip ahead here. Uh, the resurrection ritual is stopped by Seti's bodyguards, the Medjajai. Is that Medjajai? <sighs> you know what? I don't want to throw you <laughs> off your patter again, so... The Magi. Magi? Yay! Yay, yay. Fucking fist bumps all around. Uh, the Magi. Uh, Imhotep is buried alive with flesh-eating scarab beetles and sealed in a sarcophagus at the field at the feet of the statue of the Egyptian god Anubis, the Magi are sworn to prevent Imhotep's return. Fucking hell. This is uh, Tongue Twister tonight. Nice. Uh, yeah, great cold open, horror movie style. Mm. I think I learned a lot about horror movies from this film. Yeah, okay, go on. Well, so it came out in 1999, uh, okay. so I would have been eight or nine when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, standard horror fare is like there's a cold open and then it says like Scream or Nightmare on Elm Street and then it does the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Get Out does the same thing. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And then it jumps into the main characters of the plot. You basically get an early death and mm. then the rest of the movie. And right. that is how I learned, uh, yeah, I learned that from this. And also um, the introduction to Jonathan, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but when he jumps out of the sarcophagus at the museum oh yeah that's the that was my first introduction to a jump scare oh uh, yeah okay yeah fair enough because that is actually pretty scary yeah and but it's also my first introduction to a fake out jump scare where it's like huh! oh it's just jonathan don't even worry about it yeah put my big boy pants on yeah 100%. it's um <laughs> it was quite seminal this movie is like in part of the kind of film education i had mm, okay cool very cool uh, I was just going to say about the whole beetle shit that obviously they throw in and all the scarabs eat away the body. Now, apparently, in one of the drafts, there was a little bit more information about what the process was and the reasoning behind it as well, uh, why they went with the with that curse. So the idea of him being immortal was that when the scarabs are eating his flesh, while he's obviously alive, for him to self to keep himself alive while he's in the tomb, he would then have to eat the beetles. So for us creating this very light sort of perpetual cycle of, yeah. of life and death. Is that why later on in the film, one of the beetle just randomly crawls out of his chest yes. and chomps down on it? Nice. Very good. I very like good. it. Yeah, it, it would be nice to have some, like a bit more attention to some of that stuff. But at the yeah. end of the day, like it did feel like, I felt the pacing of this movie was pretty on point. So I feel like if you start doing a bit more of that shit, might have thrown it off. That's it. The exposition is always buried around something that's happening which is with a bit of conflict. So uh, Rachel Weiss's character, Evelyn, Evie, mm. she's explaining why uh, the at the feet of Anubis is where you'd find the Book of the Dead yes. as um, O'Connell and Jonathan are crowbarring the ceiling open. 
Um, and pretty much crowbarring in the exposition for this. Uh, hey So they are very much the audience surrogates. So yeah. we get this now. Uh, so Jonathan uh, presents his sister, Evie. There you go. I like the fact that you're trying to shorten these names for me. Thank you. Uh, a, a librarian and aspiring Egyptologist. Egyptologist? Egyptologist. And with that, an intricate box and a map lead to... Have, fuck, I'm just going to point at you and I'm going to go... Yeah, cool. and you're gonna, there we go. Thank you. I'm just going to go ham and then you go... Anak Cinnamon. <laughs> fuck. Uh, Jonathan reveals that he stole the box from an American adventurer, Rick O'Connell played by Brendan Fraser, who discovered the city while in a French foreign legion. So, obviously, we had that slight little flashback uh, at the beginning of the movie where you had the French legion fighting off the Magi. And this is where you obviously got introduced to Brendan Fraser and Benny. Was it Magi that they were fighting? Magi. I only asked because they weren't wearing the black garb of the Magi. I would assume that they were the Magi, considering that they were fighting at... So, uh, uh, this is the only time I've rewatched it and been like, oh, Brendan Fraser's one of the bad guys. Because it just ah, felt like freedom yes. fighters kind of just hold on to their land from kind of colonialism. Yeah, so this is where I have a slight little eyebrow raise in this movie, because how many of these like fucking ninjas do they end up killing... Mm. And then at the end, they're like, oh, by the way, uh, you know, like you fucking did this and you run, you've you've undone and released this fucking curse. And they just kind of like shrug a little bit. So it's like, <sighs> See, again, I'm not sure. So you think it is Magi. I'm saying it's not. Mm. Uh, I think Laura Riley needs to message in and let us know where <laughs> she falls. So we've got a definitive answer. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I've I've always just thought it was the local citizens going, no, we don't want to be overthrown by the French Foreign Legion. Ta. Yeah, but nobody knows where fucking Hamburger City is. That is true. Or Hamanach. <laughs> Hamburger City. <laughs> I tried not to laugh at it, but it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So then that's how we get the introduction to Benny, Kevin J. O'Connell as well. That's the one. So Evelyn and Jonathan find Rick obviously in the prison and they make a deal with him to lead him to the city. Uh, this is quite a good little bit of character interaction. You kind of get to see a little bit who they are, if you know what I mean. It's like you get to see that Rick is a no holes barred risk tater, risk tater, Rick tater. Risk tater, someone who dictates on the risks. <laughs> Guys, risk today taker. we're jumping off the Eiffel Tower. Let's go. That's the one. And then you have sort of snivelling weasel of a brother, and Evelyn comes across as quite. Inquisitive, maybe slightly naive. Mm. Yeah, but also well, very sexy. Have you ever noticed, before, this is the first time I noticed it, what her kind of character arc is throughout this whole film? Uh, well, she's sort of like a slight, I wouldn't say damsel in distress. Uh, she's very much a, she's kind of like a bookworm and she hasn't had the field experience hence why she's being rejected by this fucking university or the whatever Cambridge scholars so i've That's never it. i first watched this when i was eight words didn't matter action did yes and this is the first time where i've gone oh she literally says the line they say i haven't got enough field experience mm-hmm cool that's great writing that was really that was like back to the future level of exposition nice yeah 
and it, it does seem to give some motivation to the characters because you understand that her her parents were like famous explorers uh, hence why she probably has this very advanced knowledge of Egyptology and why she works as a librarian in this book she even states all her basically her CV at the beginning she's like I could do this and do this and do this and then the dude's like no I just keep here because your fucking parents were one of the biggest donors you yeah, know the mean? finger thing means the yeah. taxes the taxes and <laughs> with that her brother is obviously some fucking sniveling like I, I would say I, I want to say like a drunk or something like that he does he come across play, I think James it's not James Nesbitt John Hannah yeah. is playing it drunk because he that's the best way to hide his Scottish accent <laughs> <laughs> good shot actually yeah yeah probably um, I also think that uh, as smart as Evelyn is with all of her knowledge of hieroglyphics and mm. yes, she can tell you all about uh, Egypt and the history of this and the other. Mm. Uh, she can't climb down a fucking ladder. <laughs> uh, yes. So you were giving out about the whole library scene. This movie should be called, can people just please do their jobs? Okay. Our death bay needs to kill Rick O'Connell. Not be like, Oh, the sand will get him. It's like, no dude, you've been here for 3000 years doing this. This is yeah. not an off day. Like, go down and slaughter him and protect the world. Yes. Evelyn, climb down the ladder, okay? Just do it. Climb down and everyone wins. Omid Jalili's character, don't let the convicted criminal go for money. Like, if you guys don't do all this, we don't resurrect the ultimate evil. Simple. Yeah, but this is Cairo town, baby. Uh, So this is where, (laughs) like, you know, this is money talks. Yeah, it's very true. Um, just quickly on Bre- Brendan Fraser being a potential bad guy. Mm-hmm. What was he in prison for? Apparently for having a good time. Uh, Apparently too good a time. Well, who yeah. knows? Uh, because this is Cairo Town, baby. Because it's Cairo Town, baby. <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah, so who knows? Um, I would like to think that he was out in a bar, in a club, got really drunk, punched a few people, tried it on with the girls, and then ended up in the drunk tank. For some reason, they hang people for that. <laughs> That's Cairo Town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, Rick guides Evie and her party to the city, encountering a band of American treasure hunters led by Rick's cowardly acquaintance, Benny. I was going to say I quite like this character because he is a snivelling weasel, and I we've we, I think we said this last time. He's we loved a real his character. Ellis. He's a real Ellis, and it, I just love the fact that you can just hate people through their. You don't even know what they're what they're like in real life, but you just mm. fucking hate that character. Yeah, yeah he, he nails it. He does nail it. And what did you think of the Americans? So you've got kind of two nameless faces. And yeah. one guy that's been in some stuff. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen his face. And I'm like, oh, you're the guy. He's the priest in uh, Kingsman. Right, and they've all got some like they've all just got like Mister something. One of them's called Mister Burns, which I find <laughs> quite funny. Excellent. <laughs> he's the one that gets his eyes and tongue sucked out. Yep. Uh, yeah, Mister Burns. Uh, he he has glasses. He does. And then you've got another one who's like a surfer jock. He is a little and bit. And the guy from uh, Kingsman. Yeah, he's a little bit. Kind of looks like Jeremy Piven. Mm, good shout. He's kind of. A, I, I would say he's a little bit Wall Streety. If you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 He's, he's got the comb over. 
He's probably the money man behind this entire operation. Mm, maybe. And what did you think on the boat when they're having the sort of cowboy shootout? I, I enjoyed it. I thought and it was And they're all like, yeehaw, woo! Yeah, yeehaws and woohoo and, and all doggies all over the place. Yeah, yeah fucking yanks. Fucking uh, hip, <laughs> shooting from the hip. Uh, so despite being warned to leave by Adif Bay, uh, leader of the Magi, the two expeditions continue their excavations. Evie searches for the Book of Amun-Ra, made of pure gold. Instead of finding the book, she stumbles upon Imhotep's remains, who still appear to be very juicy. How is it you can say Amun-Ra, yeah. but not Anaxun-Namun? Because it's more letters. It's the same <laughs> it's a thing, word. just at the end of Anaxuna. Look. Munra. You, you, you don't have this kind of authority or power here. <laughs> you don't get to tell me what to do. So the team of Americans, meanwhile, discovered the Black Book of the Dead, accompanied by canopic jars carrying... <laughs> uh, pointing at you, Anak. Cinnamon. Thank you. Uh, preserves organs. So, at night, Evie, for some fucking reason, decides to read the Book of the Dead aloud. After being told by the Magi, hey, um, evil lives here, so leave or die. She's, she goes, well, you know what? I do need to read myself to sleep. So, <laughs> Book of the Dead, I guess. Yeah, Book of the It's like the Evil Dead, isn't it, really? At the yeah, end of the day, it's like, you didn't have to read it. It's just sweet, sweet horror tropes. Yeah, no, that's fair. Cab- Cabin in the Woods kind of turned it all on its head. Watch that for the horror tropes that could be in movies, and mm. it's one of them. So after reading the Book of the Dead, the expedition returns to Cairo, and Imhotep follows them with the help of Benny, who has agreed to serve him. So, uh, yeah, we kind of skipped out a few bits there then. So obviously they've awoken Imhotep. He's gone on a bit of a like rampage through the bottom of the catacombs. We've also had the scarab beetles. Yes. Yeah. So, so this is a real clever thing they did by including uh, Omar Jalili's character. Mm-hmm. His character. He's a nothing character. He's very two-dimensional. You kind of go, eh, he's probably going to die. I kind of dislike him. Everyone else dislikes him. Oh, I thought he was a really cool character. Like, not cool character. Like I thought he was a really funny character. Oh, he's a very funny character. Yeah. But all the other characters are there going, oh, he stinks, and, oh, he's annoying, and, oh, he spits. Yeah. So he instantly becomes the first kill. He's just extra fodder. Yeah, f- that's fair. Fodder. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really smart technique because you couldn't kill anyone else first because then they're out mm. of the movie and you lose that dynamic and all of that stuff. And it had to be someone that you knew. It couldn't just be, like, one of the diggers as yeah. they're being aptly called in 1923, question mark. Um, and it couldn't... When- it what could be one of the Americans because the... they all need to have like be hunted down. So it's mm. having just someone there to go, fuck it, kill that guy. Yeah, that's fair. What did you think of the pressurized salt acid trap? It's the only fucking ethnic one of their group, actually. Fuck this movie. <laughs> I love the salt acid. Cool. And <laughs> you didn't know uh, where to go with that, huh? Yeah, you did. I didn't know. I was just like, okay, cool. Uh, Craig's making a stand here. <laughs> yeah. You know what? They could have killed one of the Americans and Amar Jalili could have just lasted a bit longer in this film. I quite liked the bit where fucking Dr. What's-His-Face uh, gets up and he's like, don't read from the Book of the oh. Dead. Which is obviously a bit of a trailer moment. I'm pretty trailer. sure it's in the trailer. Mm. Yeah. So on that note, 
Uh, Rick, Evelyn, Jonathan meet with Adref at the museum. Adref hypnotizes, fucking hypnotizes, hypothesizes that Imhotep wants to resurrect Anak Cinnamon by sacrificing Evie. Also, not the fact that, so all the plagues are happening, which I think is quite cool. So there's uh, water's turning to blood, uh, fire and brimstone, locusts. There, was that locusts? At the very beginning, the first one they see is Locust. Ah, yes, very good And my question to you is, Mm -hmm. like, I've always wondered this, can Locusts kill you? No, I don't think so. Because two dudes fall down and they get swarmed like it's a fucking scene from Starship Troopers, and you think, oh, they're done for. Then it cuts to the dad from Jumanji going, what have we done? (laughs) And he's just Locusts all over him, just like, what's up? I know that... In it, like, so I'm not going to say that this is how they could kill you. Um, like, like when bees, uh, or is it wasps? I want to say it's bees, bees or wasps. Uh, when they attack another, like, insects or something like that, they vibrate and create, like, heat and then basically cook whatever it is underneath the big ball of, of, of bees or wasps. I want to say it's bees, Uh, uh. right? So they vibrate that much. Now, could locusts do that to a human being? Probably not. But, but this is a movie where uh, Budget Billy Zane plays a mummy, so maybe. Yes, Budget Billy Zane. I wasn't and... sure if they just weren't killing the dad from Jumanji because he had to be killed by Imhotep because he's one of yeah, the four. That he, had to be, he had to be sucked off by Imhotep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sucked him dry. He <laughs> Left um, nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I... Um, I didn't know. I didn't. I've never thought locusts can kill. No, they just eat shit like crops. Right. Because I think that's I, the whole thing about that plague is that like they destroy farmland. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Because again, I'm thinking about Legion, and I feel like there's plagues of locusts in that. Right. Oh, your your favorite movie, Legion? Yes. My, they my was... favorite movie of all time, Paul yeah. Bettany's Legion. Right? <laughs> um, because in that they fly super fast into the car and the windows and crack it. So I didn't know if. Again, locusts were doing the whole like dartboard to the chest kind of thing. Mm, good shout. Uh, I don't think could, it, could a fucking insect do that much damage to you? Even that, how fast would it have to be going? Thirty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thirty. <laughs> how far? Well, a dart. How fast just... are the game? <laughs> um, but a dart could penetrate your skin. Yeah, because it's fucking sharp. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't know what a locust looks like, whether it's got a big spiky point to it or whether it's like a, a grasshopper. You're just like, what the fuck yeah, are you going to do? Does, does the locust, the fucking insect, have a fucking big metal fucking point to it? No, it does not. Look, bees can penetrate the skin as well. They don't have metal on them. No, they do not. Right, Laura Riley, if you could just message in all of your knowledge about locusts, that'd be great. That would be good. Uh, so Imhotep, Evie and Benji return to Hamburger City uh, pursued by Rick and Jonathan and Ardiff who are able and yeah sorry uh, and and Winston Winston yeah which one's Winston Winston's the old fart ex uh, uh, great the war RAF pilot yeah, yeah yeah who wants to die during battle and the way they recruit him is great fun Mm, yeah, so they basically tell him that he's going to die. And, and he's like, ah, very much for for the job. Ha ha! Yeah, he's quite a cool character. I like him. Yeah. Uh, you kind of feel a bit sad for him, actually, because he's, he's obviously just like a bit of a has-been. 
and he's going around telling his war stories and he's just like, yeah, all my buddies are dead. I wish I'd died. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Cheers, ass mate. bumbling drunk, walking through a fountain, be like, oh, someone spilled their drink, I say. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, he's... Yeah, like, because I, you look at him, and you're like, "How are you making any money? Like, what do you do?" His his day is spent sitting under an umbrella in the sun, drinking mm, port. Yeah, nice. What a life. What a when we get that sweet, sweet Patreon money, that is all I'm gonna do. Yeah, when we finally get that fucking one person, <laughs> <laughs> one person paying us to shut up. Yeah, be like, here, finally, yeah, like. Uh, we actually probably need to do something for Patreon because we just put it out there and just like, give me money. Ostensibly <laughs> money then, now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we might as well be eating people as princes from foreign lands. Yes. Uh, I might just put, pay myself and just be like, yeah, like anonymous donation. Five pounds. Do I still get like 50% of that? I think we, yeah, we lose money. <laughs> yeah, of course we do. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it would just be money laundering, I think. It would be, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, then we get the Winston flying uh, Ardeth Bear, Jonathan, and Brenfrey's character Rick. Which I need to bring this up because mm-hmm. I'll be annoyed if I don't. Um, obviously, there's the Mummy and there's the Mummy Returns, both of which are excellent movies. I have them both, as you know. And <laughs> I've watched them many times. Yes. There's also Mummy: Curse of the Dragon Emperor, or Tomb oh, of the Dragon yes. Emperor. You're also forgetting the Scorpion King spin-off yeah but that's not called the mummy and i do love that movie um do you? i really like the scorpion king michael clark dunk is in it and so immediately it's up there mm, um but do you know who's in the scorpion king three <laughs> there's a three uh yeah. no um, Cena. <laughs> deluxe level arnold Vosloo, billy zane fucking billy zane billy you... zane is in the scorpion king three yeah nice shut up billy zane <laughs> I watched Back to the Future the other day and him seeing him in that with I think he's got like the 3D glasses on is always fun. He's part of Biff's gang. Fuck is he? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's cool. And he's also in Tombstone. He's everywhere. He is in Tombstone. Um, I knew that. But in the mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, the worst thing they do, and there's lots of bad things they do, including high fiving Yetis. Right. Yetis get into the fight and after they win it they high five one another. Okay. A yak vomits on Jonathan, but at one point someone calls Rick Ricochet O'Connell for the whole movie. And that's mm. just six. He called Ricochet O'Connell, you son of a bitch. I'm like, did at one point no. they replace uh, Rachel Wise for two of the Dragon Emperor? Yeah, they replaced was... her with someone else, and you know. Uh, <laughs> so at this point, the mummies um, hunted down the Americans and Jonathan Price, and yes, uh, mm-hmm. we've had that sweet shadow view of how he exactly reaps them of their skin and blood and bones. Yeah, he sucks them off. Yeah. Um, Drains the balls. (laughs) And and as Winston's flying them back to Hamburger City to save Evelyn before she gets an Axinamun trapped inside her, uh, we get the big sand wall with the giant face in it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's probably, that's again, trailer moment. It's probably the yeah. bit I remember the most about the mummy of like the big fuck off mouth, like swallowing the plane. So good. Yeah, fucking. Absolutely just so yeah. good. And that, uh, you know, when we talk about the CGI holding up and stuff like that, it's like, it's probably really like hard not to get that right in CGI because it's like, what the fuck does the sand look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. They didn't need to enhance it. 
mm. and so it looked okay. Yeah. If it was something else, like at times the Scarab Beetles look a bit like. Mm, yeah, yeah oh, Scarab Beetles look shit. And... The fucking Ivan Ooze liquid pool of the dead. Yeah, that looked a bit shit. I thought mm. some of the mummies looked a bit shit as well, like towards the end, like mm. when they start doing, especially as well when they do like the mouth, uh, like the jaw, like extending, like a bit like a snake thing, a bit like, all right, okay, cool, I get it. Yeah, no one's ever been able to get that quite right. With this, Imitet prepares to sacrifice Evie, uh, but she's rescued after a battle with Imitet's mummified priests. Evie reads from the book of Amun-Ra, uh, making Imhotep mortal, and he's fatally mortally wounded. Fatally mortally wounded. Fuck he's it. mortally wounded. Yeah, he's, he's mortally fatally. Uh, by Rick, uh, Imhotep vows revenge. Uh, I'll see you in the sequel. So, few things, because mm. all throughout, Evie's there going, "Ah, oh, I've just got to read from the book, and he'll die. Oh, I've just got to read from the book, and he'll die." And they shot mm. it, and they re- she reads from the book, and he dies. And it feels like someone came in and was like, uh, Indiana Jones always needs to get the final kill. Rick O'Connell needs to always get the final kill. Because really weirdly, it's like it sucks his soul, kind of ghost style, mm. and drags him back. And I kind of go, yeah, okay, a bit like ghost. And then he's still there. And you're like, oh, okay. Or well, as it like sucks back, oh, no, it's like sucked his soul or immortality or some weird shit like that. And then he turns around. So is he aware of this? Like, is he aware of what's happened? This is why it feels like rewrite territory, because it yeah. feels like Evie should have got the kill and someone just went, no, Rick needs to stab him now. He needs to be the hero. But then that's the thing, because Imhotep, like, just fucking full-on, you know, dives in... into the blade. Yeah, yeah, it's like, come at me, bro. And it's like, what are you going to do, stab me? Says the guy yeah. who got stabbed. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's, yes, like, a bit like, oh, it felt a bit clunky at the end. Yeah, there were a few moments of clunky town when mm. Evie's getting all hot under the collar because Rick kissed her. Yeah. Um, I, quite li- from... I quite like the chemistry between them two. Oh, I... the chemistry's great, but her walking around unable to read days after the kiss. Like, the mm, kiss hadn't yeah. just happened. It was days after, and she's like, oh, I must read this book. Oh, yeah, I dropped my clothes flusters. on the floor. Ooh, <laughs> me or my. Yeah. Because uh, he constructed a gun in front of me. Yeah, that turns on a lot of women. Yeah, you roll out your gun belt, you construct a <laughs> shotgun, and then you roll up your gun belt. Who, baby? Yeah, let me show you how I put together this L85. <laughs> right. Um, with that, Benny accidentally sets off a booby trap while looking at the city of his riches and is killed by a swarm of flesh-eating scarabs at Hamburg City. Collapses into the sand. Adriff, a big our death. I've been saying it wrong the whole fucking time. I fucking know. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Our death bids Rick, Evie, and Jonathan goodbye. Cheerio, and the trio rides away on a pair of camels laden with Benny's treasure. Yeah. See you in the next movie. Our death. See you, uh, Adriff. (laughs) There's a bit in that second movie where. it turns out that Rick O'Connell is um, a descendant of the Magi. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The rock's in it too, don't even worry. And um, he, you find this out right at the beginning of the film because Ardeth Bay looks at Rick's arm and goes, you have the mark of the Magi. It's like, how, how did you not see that in The Mummy 1? You guys were like right next to each other lifting rocks. 
Yeah. That so, sounds a little bit clunky as well. That's a little yeah. bit like, how do we make a sequel and then give Retrofit some... yeah. the old movie in. Yeah. That's it. It's like, how do I jam this plot line into it for some reason? Probably because some producers asked me to. Well, I do want the extra zero, so I will <laughs> do it. But yeah. yes, um, yeah, they've got the bag of riches, which like shines with the gleam of gold. Which you see earlier when Benny holds up the gold and it's like cha-ching, like Joe Pesci's fucking diamond in Home Alone. Yeah. So it's that when they do it at the end, the audience aren't there going, oh, fuck, is that gold? They're going, cha-ching, oh, it's gold. And it's, again, it's lowest common denominator territory. I think that it's it's of a... I think you said it beforehand, and maybe not on the podcast, but you can't make these kind of movies anymore. And... I would say that it's an, it's an interesting take because you had the the old like uh, would it be Hammer? No, it wouldn't be Hammer. Um, the old Universal. Uh, no, it, it would have been it, it would have been Universal. This one, the Universal monsters. Oh, I thought I thought that the mummy was part of Hammer. My apologies. Um, it could have been. I doubt it was. Yeah, I think this. Is, I think the classic. The I think the nineteen thirty nine the mummy was Universal. Okay, uh, cool. I could be wrong. I believe that because they just tried to do the the new Tom Cruise. Yes, they did, didn't they? Universal oh, that piece universe. of shit. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. And uh, what, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've said yeah. before that we like Tom Cruise movies because at least Tom we, Cruise is in them. Yeah, I do like it. That was a weird one because that was like we are going to try and replicate some sort of this. Yeah, wide universe that everyone else seems to also be trying to capture the the whole like Marvel franchise. It's yeah. just like the reason why the Marvel franchise worked is because it's slowly built up over time, and you like the characters in the movies. Yeah, the whole thing with Iron Man and building on from that was the fact that it was just this one extra credit scene at the end with Nick Fury in it. And that could have like, almost led and opened up to anything else. It's the fact that main point to the plot is that there's all these other fucking people in this universe. You had like, um, what's his fucking face? Fight me around the world. Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah. And he's like Mr. Jekyll. Yeah, well, the, yeah. So he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Oh, Hyde. Oh, Dr. Jekyll, yeah. Um, and again, back to the Marvel and DC for that matter. Mm. Yeah. The reason that they work as universes is because the source material is consistently not always interweaving, but it's mm. there. It can interweave their storylines. Like the Infinity Stone Avengers arc is a set of comic books, right? Yeah, like the that is Infinity a, Saga, yeah. Yeah, so the Infinity Saga existed. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and The Mummy mm. aren't, is not literature that was written in mind of each other well i think if you look at something like you take the league of gentlemen or something like that yeah oh the leader of extraordinary gentlemen it does that but it does it with lots of them in one movie yes 
it wasn't League One of the Extraordinary Gentlemen. It just went, mm. oh, wouldn't it be cool if ba 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 yeah. In the same way that the Page Master goes through different novels, mm. it's all contained in one film. Yeah. To say, oh, we're going to do the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story interwoven with the mummy story, so that next time we could do the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story interwoven with fucking Oliver Twist. Yeah. Um, it's nonsense. In the same way that at the end of Sonic the Hedgehog, you get... <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dick yeah. No, Dast- no, I'm, Dick I'm, I'm coming along with you here. Yeah, go on. Dick Dastardly appears. Yeah, you sure this, you're not thinking of like the fucking Scooby D movie or something like that? Oh, yes, yeah, Scoob. It was at Scoob. It wasn't Sonic, it was just Scoob. The movie. It could be Sonic if you want it to be, buddy. Uh, you know, it's, it's you know, <laughs> that stays in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We all make I'll, mistakes I'll, on this. I can't I pronounce will... names, you don't remember movies. They both begin with S, that's all I was going off of. That's all I had. <laughs> Um, but yeah, to put Dick Dastley in the Scoob, not Sonic movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, did it's did not... you like how I actually knew that? Like, it, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the Scoob, <laughs> the Scoob movie. Yeah, yeah, you you baited me good. You got me. I good didn't bait you. I just like I was just, like I I I I hadn't actually watched the Sonic movie. Oh, they're both completely forgettable movies. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, clearly, but yeah, to, but so putting Dick Dastley and going, oh, we're now going to start the kind of Hanna Barbera universe. Uh, mm. Wait for the Penelope Pit Stop mini series. <laughs> uh, yeah. So overall, what are your thoughts on the Mummy nineteen ninety nine? I would I would like to say it's definitely obviously was a blockbuster, and I felt like it was just almost like I want to say almost like a like golden era for that type of movie where you could probably take a little bit more risks in movie making. You knew that if you had a decent director, decent writer, decent stars and cast that you could put a fair budget to together for it. I I think I had a rumour that this when they originally started writing the script for this, I think they had a budget of something like ten million. Mm. And you kinda of thinking looking at that movie, it's like, yeah, I can see why they needed probably a lot of the money going into the CGI and stuff like that to at the time to make it a bit more of a spectacle. But I feel that the uh, the film is really carried by the chemistry between Brendan Fraser, uh, Fraser, and uh, Rachel Wise, and I think the story is quite compelling enough. I think um, uh, poor man's Billy Zane is decent enough as uh, a bad guy. You can have a slight little bit of sympathy for his character. It's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, he's just trying to get with his loved one, sort of thing. Well, obviously not going right about it in the right way. He's cursed, so do, is he really, uh, you know, in control of his actions? But he he's obviously like on on the flip coins of good and evil. He's obviously on the evil side of things. But you can probably see there's like an element of humanity to him, like and it's very small. Is Brendan Fraser a very lovable, likable, sexy lead? Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> Um, so I want to. I'd love to have seen more of of Brendan Fraser uh, as his career went on. I'm really ashamed that he obviously stuck to having to do the Mummy sequels as well. I feel like he could have branched out a lot to become more of an action star. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, interesting, you say about Arnold Vosloo's character uh, being a bit sympathetic. Do you remember much of the Mummy Returns? Uh, 
kind of and no. Like I'm pretty sure if you told me what happened, I would just be like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, so jog my his memory. plan, his plan is to resurrect the Scorpion King so he can control. I think maybe they're called the Army of the Dead or something. Right. And there's a three man fight at the end of it with Rick O'Connell. Oh yes, I, I remember and this. Scorpion King. And again, he's still trying to uh, resurrect Anaxunamun, and he succeeds. Yeah. But right at the moment where the temple, the pyramid is collapsing, she leaves him dangling off a cliff and runs to save herself. And so he lets himself fall into the pits of hell. Yes, I remember that. Man got screwed. He did. That's what happens. <laughs> is, it, is that a waste? That's just... That's the note we're ending on. That's that's that life. That's life, that's people. That's what happens. That's a fucking. You, you trust someone, you love someone, and they fucking stab you in the back and they leave you. <laughs> is this you telling me that you want to stop doing the podcast? <laughs> no, not at all. This is a, this is the only thing that's uh, holding me on. Uh, two thumbs up from me. Two thumbs up from me. We have been Adam and Craig. This has been Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on iTunes, Spotify. We do have a Patreon, but if you've got this far, you'll have heard that there are no perks for you giving us money. So please give us money. Uh, if you like what you heard, you can, most importantly, give us a review. Tell a friend. Tell just Spam people. Get one of those group messages or those like forward, forward, forward chains and just give them links to our show and yeah. see how many people we can piss off Tell without people doing a damn thing. That if they don't share this within seven days, their mum dies. Oh, one of those MSN things. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were great back in the day. <laughs> You'd send it and be like, crap, I've been sending it again because you were just seven people talking to each other. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening, my man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. As always, as you too, kind of. All right, see you next week. Bye bye. We are watching a movie that we are talking about. So sit back and relax, and it's time to talk about it. Talk about it. Maybe get some popcorn or maybe some snacks because we are watching. Talking about uh, What is a fucking best boy anyway? Oh, you know what? Ask Brian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that might be edited out. Yeah, I can um, say it. it is movie. Talk time.